You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 898 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Friday evening into Saturday, and Happy New Year to everyone listening to the podcast. The Hawks got off to a positive start in 2021 with a pretty lopsided, actually, victory on the road over Brooklyn. A pretty impressive performance from Atlanta that we'll go through on today's podcast as the main point of discussion. Before we get to the action itself, there were a couple of injury updates that transpired in the last couple of days across the holiday break. The Hawks announced that Chris Dunn's surgery on his ankle is now in the past. He has a walking boot and will be reevaluated in two weeks. Also, Danilo Gallinari did not play tonight, um, but Wood Pierce downplayed the seriousness of the ankle injury earlier this week, at least, to, at least according to what, what he knows and what his knowledge base is. But it could miss a couple of games there, but nothing too serious, it appears, for Gallinari, so that's a good thing. Um, the Hawks were without Rajon Rondo. This evening, um, with what the Hawks were calling left knee soreness, it is kind of unclear how much that has to do with the back-to-back. It is the first back-to-back of the season for Atlanta as they play on Saturday at home against the Cavaliers. So we'll see if he's available for that game, but something to monitor there. And there's the benefit of depth that the Hawks now have with this uh, new-look roster that's very, very helpful. Also, DeAndre Hunter was on the injury report as questionable earlier in the day with right right knee soreness. And if you saw this game, you would know that he played great. So uh, I guess no inj- no injury issues there necessarily, but that's a positive thing. And Trey Young was on was on, was on the injury report briefly with a left uh, sorry a right calf soreness, but then he was upgraded to available in the middle in the middle of the day. So no concerns there whatsoever. The Hawks entered this game as six point underdogs according to our friends at BetOnline.ag. So that kind of tells you the story. And I said, this, I said this after the game, but worth noting, I think it would have been reasonable to hope for a split on the road in Brooklyn. Obviously, you know, the Nets are really good, and I think the Hawks are good as well, which we saw on this evening. But given how they played Wednesday, it was pretty encouraging, and the Hawks were a live underdog, quite obviously, in this game. But to come out of this game, broadly speaking, with a 4-1 record and a split on the road against a good team, that's a success, all things considered. So a pretty good week for Atlanta and a good start to the year. Okay, we'll dive in now, as we often would, to the podcast. Um, game game flow was interesting here. The Hawks led the entire way. The Nets never led in this game. Um, that was kind of wild when I realized that coming out of the game here. But the Hawks led, led by, by as many as 20 and never trailed. Now, they weren't like up a ton the entire game, but they certainly led wire to wire, and uh, they actually won every quarter, which is interesting as well. So, we'll go through it. Uh, first quarter of, the, of action they opened the same in terms of defensive primary assignments as Wednesday, but they were definitely pretty malleable defensively throughout, and that was pretty much the uh, you know the theme of this game, other than just the win itself, was the improved defense. Quite obviously, the Hawks giving up 100, 145 points on Wednesday. That was a little bit fluky because Brooklyn made a lot of shots. In this game, sort of the same um, in terms of a slightly fluky with the way that Brooklyn missed all of the shots that they probably took in this game. But the Hawks were notably better defensively in a lot of different ways, which we'll talk about. But the Hawks opened this game with a, with a 10-4 run that included threes by Trey Young, a pair of those. They actually made their first three triples overall after Collins made one. And there was a really nice double drag set the Hawks ran out of the gate to get a cut and a dunk from John Collins. Um, they went to Solomon Hill as the first sub 
And right from the outset, I thought Capella was very, very good in this game. Um, obviously, he's been a point of contention. Uh, Hawks fans asking me what to think about that. I've talked. I try to talk around it. I'm not been worried about Capella necessarily. But Lloyd Pierce told the media um, earlier this week that they were expecting a little bit more out of Capella um, was beginning tonight, basically, and that he was not terribly surprised with what it had been so far, but they found some low-hanging fruit to go ahead and attack. And I think that Clint sort of answered the bell tonight. He was very good pretty much from the outset, and you know, he made an impact right away. There was a pretty rough stint from Cam Reddish out of the gate. I thought he was actually pretty bad in this game until the fourth quarter when he made a few, he made a few big plays that we'll come back to. But uh, he was the only guy of the main core that did not play particularly well in this game, and that kind of hurt them a little bit at times in the early going. But there was some Brendan Goodwin minutes. I thought he played quite well, honestly. Um, kind of a small role, a thankless role for Goodwin. Only, only took four shots in this game, but I thought he was a vital piece without Rondo. Played 16 minutes and just kind of played well. Some nice drives and kicks, some good defensive effort from Goodwin, and he uh, he played well, I think, out of the gate there. The Hawks flashed his own defense in the first quarter. They had some trouble scoring, though, in that first stint without without Trey Young. In fact, they brought Trey back in after about a two-minute rest for the final possession of the first quarter offensively. That was a good sub, I thought, by, by Lloyd Pierce when the offense was kind of teetering a little bit. But it was kind of funny. The first quarter you know, was really marked by the defense because the Hawks were up six, but only, only 29, 29 points, and actually were playing lights out fast. And the Hawks were actually scoring only 1.05 points per possession, which is not terrible, but not like great by any means. So to be up by six on the road, that's be- it was because in part the fast pace and the Nets missed a bunch of shots. Ironically, the Hawks who led the league in free throw rate coming into the night um, only took 14 in the entire game and did not take a single free throw in the first quarter. That's noteworthy in that they don't have to do that, I guess. You know, it's one of those things where the Hawks, you know, especially nationally, the talk of the last few days has been Trey Young and foul and foul drawing and all that stuff. It's kind of a conversation that we'll come back to, I'm sure, at some point, but it's one that I'm kind of exhausted by. Trey is very good, so no concerns there. But without Gallinari and with Trey not going crazy at the free throw line, the Hawks didn't have to rely on that, and that was a good sign for them moving forward, I think. But Brooklyn was 0 for 10 in the first quarter from three. That kind of told the story a little bit, and the defense for the Hawks was pretty good. But uh, a really fast-paced game out of the gate, and that kind of continued for much of the day. Um, In the second quarter, there was a big run by Atlanta, but before that, Capella had a great move on Jared Allen, kind of went right through him physically, just kind of plowed through Jared Allen for a dunk. I like Jared Allen, but the Hawks seem to like playing against Jared Allen. Both Collins and Capella were going right at him last, really both both the last two games uh, with, with some success. Then the Hawks later on in the quarter went on a 17-3 run to break it open a little bit. A trio of threes by Bogdanovich and then two in a row by Solomon Hill, including a nice kickout pass by Capella on the last one in the corner. The Capella got a dunk from Brandon Goodwin on a nice, nice drop-off pass from Goodwin, and then two more easy buckets from Capella in that stretch. He was very active and good there. And from that point forward, the Hawks led fairly comfortably the rest of the way. Now, the Nets did, did have an 11-2 run kind of right, right back to cut the lead back to single digits, but it was pretty much in the high single digits for most of the way. From that point forward, they actually went finally to Collins at the five for the first time in late uh, in the late first half with uh, Bogdanovich with the starters in place of Capella. But they actually went back to Capella to close the half, and Collins didn't play a ton overall by his standards in this game. But um, you know, if not for a Kyrie Irving buzzer beater or at least the last trip jump shot on Goodwin, it would have been a double-digit lead. The Hawks going going to halftime up by nine, and again the shooting for the Nets was a theme. They shot one of sixteen from three. In the first half. Um, but still, the Hawks held them to less than a point per possession. Kyrie was 3 of 13. And defensively, the Hawks were better 
in the first half, they were better overall in this game. Brooklyn still, you know, helped them out a little bit by, by missing some shots. But the, the shot quality was not as good as it was on Wednesday either. And before halftime, you had Trey Young, 15 points, 5 assists. And Capella had 12 and 8 before halftime. The Hawks only had 12 assists in the first half as a team that shot the ball pretty well. Still scored 1.16 points per possession, even with a relatively undermanned rotation without Rondo and Gallinari. Only played 9 and a half guys, basically. Bruno was the 10th guy, and Bruno Fernando only played 2 minutes in the first half. But still... A pretty impressive performance to go up nine at the break with the way that the Nets were at least um, still still throwing some haymakers in that spot. Um, Before we get to the second half, which we, uh, spoiler alert, was pretty good for the Hawks also, I want to hear from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is betonline.ag. The regular season is coming to a close in the NFL this weekend. The playoff picture will be decided in the very near future, and with that in mind, there's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That place is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with the site. On top of the NBA getting geared up as the regular season continues with great matchups on a nightly basis, there is a jam-packed slate of college football bowl games, and the college football playoff finals are now set after the semifinals took place on Friday. From there, Week 17 in the NFL season is coming this weekend, and there are some fun matchups to handicap from Dolphins, Bills, to Cardinals, Rams, and Steelers, Browns. If none of that gets you going, there's a full menu of offerings for BetOnline.ag on any sport you can think of. And BetOnline also has a huge offering of player props, as well as live wagering, futures, exotic bets, and much, much more. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Instead, get in on the action. Do not forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. One more time, that is promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so after the break... The Hawks, of course, go into halftime up nine. There was one little flicker because the Hawks played well out of the gate, I thought. Um, a nice step-back jumper from John Collins on Kevin Durant, which was uh, noteworthy. Um, but a gorgeous drive and finish by, by DeAndre Hunter, who came off his screen tightly and finished the play with his left hand through contact. Uh, some good pick-and-roll wall-hunting stuff from Hunter the entire game, honestly. A good hesitation move on that same play to attack and then finish. Um, a good third quarter from him overall. Really, he was just great in this entire game. But the one last stand for Brooklyn was a 10-2 run sort of halfway through the third, the third quarter, cutting the lead down to six, and that was capped by Joe Harris getting a three off when Trey Young lost him on a flare screen. But after that, you know, again, the Hawks still up six there, and after that it was pretty much all Atlanta. A 7-0 run right back by the Hawks to go back up by 13. And by the end of the third quarter, the Hawks had led by as many as 19 points, and that was the bench. The second unit really kind of pushed that lead forward and almost put the game away in a lot of ways. And, you know, defensively, they held up very well in that period. Um, it was not a, not a ton of, like, noteworthy, you know, huge runs. Back. It was basically, basically the two runs. It was the one run by the Hawks to counter back the Nets run, and the Hawks just kind of stabilized. The third quarter was not, like, the best, the most exciting quarter in the world. They held the Nets 21 points, though, and played good defense, and that was enough to uh, sort of stand by. In the fourth quarter to start, it was kind of shaky offensively for Atlanta. Um Especially, you know, Trey was on the bench. They were trying to sort of hold down some minutes to keep the lead as it was. And I will say, I sort of teased this earlier, but Cam Reddish, who I thought was not very good in this game, hit two very important and big jump shots when the offense was really stagnating early in the fourth quarter. Now, the Hawks were still up double digits at, at this point in time, so it wasn't like it was like a, you know, do or, do, or, do or die situation. But Reddish did play well in that little run, made two, made, made two jumpers, and then after Kevin Herter hit a three to go up by 20, that was a pretty big blow in terms of the game, almost being over at that point. Brooklyn only had four points in the first four minutes of the last period. 
and that allowed Troy Young to rest even longer. He came back in with about 7.20 to go, and the lead was pretty safe. It was in that 15 range for most of the way. There was a big dunk on an out-of-bounds play by John Collins that was sort of give-and-go, a good cut by him when the offense was again sputtering a little bit. But even then, I'm sputtering still up by 13, 15 points that whole time. And then they came out of the break with about three and a half minutes left, up by 13. And DeAndre Hunter hit sort of the final dagger to go up by, up, up by 16 points with three minutes to go. And the Nets kind of surprisingly pulled the ripcord with about three minutes left. It was probably over. They were down 13, 15, something like that. And they went to the bench, immediately went um, away from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, kind of uh, waved the white flag. So that allowed the Hawks to kind of cruise to the finish line. A couple of nice highlights at the end and some garbage time. And in fact, the Hawks emptied the bench and everybody got into the game, including Nathan Knight and Skylar Mays down the stretch. So that was fun to see. But really, again, Atlanta was never really challenged in the second half in a big way. I mean, it got to, it got to six, but that was as low as it got. And uh, a pretty impressive wire-to-wire showing from the Hawks. Um, Takeaways-wise, you know, like, again, the big thing here, and this is what Lloyd Pierce said after the game as well, was the defensive side of the floor. Offensively, the Hawks did play well. We'll talk about that in a second. But defensively, they held the Nets to 97.7 points per, per, per hundred possession. So a sub-100 offensive rating in this spot for the Nets. Some of that, again, is bad shooting by the Nets. You know, 7-37 from three. You know, that's you know unsustainably bad for a team that has what the Nets have. Like, Shamit was 0 for 2. Levert, Levert was 0 for 3. Um, Kyrie was 2 of 11 from 3. Kevin Durant was 2 of 7 from 3. TLC was 0 of 5 from 3. The only guy, the only guys, I should say, that shot even reasonably well were Joe Harris at 2 of 5 and Torian Prince was 1 of 1. And that was basically it for, for, for Brooklyn. Now, some of that, again, some of that is definitely credit to the Hawks, who played much, much better defense in this game, kind of up and down the roster, I thought Trey Young was pretty good, um, pretty feisty defensively in this spot. A lot less um, in, ter- in terms of missed assignments across the board for Atlanta, some good closeouts. And shot quality was uh, certainly a lot more difficult for the Nets in this game. But it was, a, it was sort of a tale of both sides there. The Nets missed their shots, the Hawks forced them to miss some shots as well. But an overall uptick for sure defensively that allowed the Hawks to win this game. And then offensively, you know, Atlanta still scored 1.16 points per, per possession, which is more than enough to win. Like, it's less than they've been scoring so far, but the Hawks continue to be really, really good offensively, and that was the case here. They shot, well, overall, about a 57% true shooting clip, which is very good from the floor. Um, only 11 turnovers. That's a nice sign for Atlanta, taking care of the ball in a big way. They also forced 15 turnovers, and the Hawks were dead last in the league coming into this game and turnover rate defensively, um, which so it was good to have them cr- create some havoc. Also, the Nets only had nine second chance points, which is something that Lloyd Pierce um, referenced as well. You know, the Hawks didn't just like dominate the glass in this game, but they managed to uh, hold up pretty well against the Nets attacking, and they held them to one shot for most of the game, which was a nice thing to see for the defense. You know, offensively again, the Hawks weren't like out of this world, but given the fact that Trey Young shoots seven of twenty-one, and Reddish shoots three of eleven. And Hill shoots two of nine, and the Hawks still come out and score at a really sort of awesome clip. Very impressive, good depth, well-rounded, uh, a pretty balanced attack, and a good again a, a credit to the Hawks' offense. Brooklyn's defense is not very good, but still they the Hawks did their job in this spot, play well on both ends of the floor, and it's a very very strong overall performance. Um, going into the individual portion of the podcast. A lot of positives to talk about. Um, the bench was not incredible, but they again they made that one run late in the third to kind of hold off the Nets charge. Individually, no huge standouts. Kevin Herter had 10 points and four steals. I thought he was I thought he was actually pretty pretty darn good in 21 minutes. His role was not like 
you know, huge for the Hawks right now, but he was part of the uh, strong offensive attack and then held up def- uh, defensively a little bit with his activity. Um, two, two assists as well for Kevin, who was four of eight from the floor and two of five from three. Bogdanovich, after a huge night on Wednesday, was much quieter. He had seven points in 26 minutes, but made a couple nice um, big shots. I thought there was a, there was one uh, mid-ranger that the Hawks needed at, at a good time that he kind of timed that one well and scored there and then defensively held up okay. Good one, as I said before, was really good, I thought, in his 16 minutes. Only three points, but three assists, a steal, three rebounds, active, good good defense, all that stuff. Solomon Hill hit the two threes in the first half that were big. He was actually a game-best plus 20. That's probably misleading. I don't think Solomon Hill was the reason for that. I do uh, love Solomon Hill, so it was good, good to see him play well again. But um, you know, two of nine from the floor, nothing crazy there. But defensively, he's always in the right place and had a steal and a block in this game and uh, did his job. And that was kind of it for the bench. Um, as I said before, Bruno Fernando did not play very much. The Hawks really only, only played nine guys. Bruno got in in the first half, but very, very briefly, and really didn't play at all in the competitive portion of the fourth quarter, sorry, the second half overall. So pretty shallow, and I, I sort of endorse that for the Hawks in this spot. You know, it's back-to-back for one thing. Also, this is a game the Hawks were in control of. You don't want to go uh, give give a lot back, so maybe Bruno plays a little bit more on Saturday against the, against the Cavs, but I was okay with the shorter rotation. In the spot, and then uh, Knight and Mays played sparingly in the final minute. To the starters, the only guy that I would say did not play well in the starters was Cam Reddish. And even then, again, I mentioned this before, but Reddish hit two big jump shots that were pretty huge in the second half to hold off a potential charge from the Nets. Defensively, he made a few plays. I thought he gambled a little bit too much by his standards. You know, he's always aggressive and wants to make plays defensively. That's part of his charm on that end of the floor. But he was probably a little bit overeager, and then offensively had a couple of really bad finishing attempts. A couple of bad decisions as well. 3 of 11 from the floor, so it was not his best night. But even then, if that's your worst performance, you're probably in pretty decent shape for Atlanta. So uh, the other four guys were pretty darn good. You know, Trey Young was not his, like, terribly explosive self. But I say that, and he still had 21-7 with five rebounds, a steal, and a block. He was plus 11. He shot 3 of 8 from 3. Just didn't have it going from two-point two range in this game. It was only 4 of 13 on twos. But, but even then, a, a quote-unquote down game for Trey Young. It's 21-7-5 on reasonable efficiency, so no problem there. I thought he actually, again, as I said before, played pretty good defense uh, in this game, much better than he was on Wednesday defensively, so that's, that's a nice positive for Trey. Um, Clint Capella was very good, by far the best he's been in a Hawks uniform so far. 12 points, 11 rebounds, a career high, by the way, a career high, 6 assists. Capella's not exactly a new guy in the league. He's been in the league for quite a while. To have a career high at any point is pretty impressive for a veteran like that, so again, he's not necessarily all the way back, and Pierce has acknowledged that physically and all that stuff, but he definitely looked like Clint Capella in this game. He was active, he was aggressive, he was physical, he rebounded the ball. Again, he's been so good on the glass already, even without his 100% uh, makeup so far, and was efficient. He attacked the rim effectively, so a lot of positives. Good to see Capella sort of turn it on a little bit in this spot. I'll I'll be interested to see how they handle that. Going into Saturday, a back-to-back for a guy like Capella coming off the injury could be interesting to monitor, so we'll come, we'll come back to that. Right now, we, we have no idea, as I'm recording this on Friday night, who's going to play, what the injury report is, all that stuff for Saturday, so we're all just guessing, but something to file away there. Um, the last two guys, John Collins, I thought was very good, again, in this spot, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block shot for John, 9 of 14 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3, only played 25 minutes, part of that was just the way that it was flowing, but he was plus 9 I think, I think, again, defensively, he's been good, like capital G good so far. I mean, I know he took, I, I know I've said before he took a step forward last year defensively that a lot of people just didn't notice, but he's been even better this year. Again, it's five games, but he's making plays. He's been 
in passing lanes. He's been physical, verticality plays, all that stuff. A really impressive game, again, from John. Not quite as explosive offensively as Wednesday, but still very efficient and productive. And then Hunter, you know, was great, honestly. Just full stop great. 23 points, 66 rebounds. 9-10 from the floor, 3-4 from 3, 2-2 from the free throw line. Defensively did a good job on Kyrie Irving. Was attacking and pick and roll as a ball handler um, in the right place at the right time in a lot of ways. Just a sort of a magnificent game from Hunter. Um, obviously, I've been a fan of his for quite some time. Uh, you know, he was a guy that I wanted the Hawks to draft. Last year, I was telling people to relax when they were panicking about him a little bit. Hunter's good. I mean, is he going to shoot 9 of 10 all the time? No, he's not. But he was really good in this game and flashed a lot of what they like about him. And they let him run, they let him run some offense in the second half, like pretty impressively. You know, I'm not sure about the pick and roll flashes, but he certainly did that in this game. And then defensively, just making shots, all that stuff, plugging holes. I thought he played well. So there you go on DeAndre Hunter. So yeah, that's that'll do it for the individual breakdowns. You know, a lot of positives in this game. And again, the Hawks are four and one. And if you told me four and one after the first five games, you have to take that. I mean, there's obviously you know, the Hawks. Could have won, honestly. They could have won on Wednesday. That was a winnable game. They, they could be 5-0 right now. But, you know, before the season started, if you if you offered me 4-1, and if you're a Hawks fan, you have to say yes to that. Especially now, when yes is a back-to-back on Saturday, but you're coming home this week and playing games against three teams that you're better than at home. So, the Hawks could very easily, and the Hawks will be favored probably in the next three games, barring injury or something weird happening on the injury report. The Hawks will be favored in the next three. So, they could be 7-1, could be 6-2, something like that. And uh, that's a heck of a start for this Hawks team. So, a great win. Obviously, you know, you you know, you cannot downplay an 18-point road win against Brooklyn, who's a good team. So there you go on that. And a, a very, very nice night. I know Hawks fans are fired up, and they absolutely should be. 3-1 on the road as well. Just a lot of positives to take away from this game and a heck of a performance from Atlanta. Looking ahead briefly to Saturday night, the Hawks um, are playing the Cavs at home. The Cavs are on regular rest. In fact, the Cavs played an early game on Thursday, so they actually have about an extra you know, day and a half rest on Atlanta in this spot, but the game is in Atlanta. That's that's positive. Um, and also the Cavs are without Kevin Love, Isaac Okoro, uh, Kevin Porter, Dylan Windler, and Matthew Delavadova. So a pretty shorthanded Cavs team. Again, I'm expecting the Hawks will be shorthanded on some degree, le- some level as well, whether it's Gallo or Rondo or maybe they sit someone else in the back-to-back, etc. But still, uh, the Cavs are not as good as the Hawks. The Hawks are a better team, but back-to-back, short rest. We'll see how they respond. A lot of questions about how, how that might work this season. But the Cavs started 3-0 this year. They lost their last two, though, and including a 20-point loss to Indiana. So you got to say the Hawks are supposed to win this game. You know, we'll see how they respond. <laughs> and then from there, they played they played home again on Monday and Wednesday. So we'll have plenty coming on those games. Follow me on Twitter, at BT Roland, for some updates in advance of the game on Saturday night between the injury report and the betting lines and all that stuff. I will be tweeting that stuff out, and then we'll have a new podcast after the game on Saturday. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell a friend or two or three about the show. Hopefully you enjoyed what you've heard. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. And uh, yeah, we'll see everybody on Saturday night.